Believe in yourself, cause it starts with you, and then everyone else will believe you too. And if it looks like you're the only believer around, just keep on believing, don't put yourself down, just believe. Our guest this week grew up in Orange, Texas majored in vocal performance and opera at the New England Conservatory of Music in Boston. In 1998, he was ordained a priest. And in 2016, Pope Francis commissioned him as one of his papal missionaries of mercy, of which there are a 1,000 in the world and 100 in the United States. He has a worldwide ministry and a simple mandate from the Pope. Go forth and do good deeds. His name? Father Jim Shisko, and we're honored to have him as our guest. And I'm Jack Rasula, and this is Anything is Possible on 760-WJR. I'm Jack Rasula. This is Anything is Possible. We're with Father Jim Shisko. In 2016, Pope Francis commissioned him as one of his papal missionaries of mercy, of which there are a hundred in the United States. Father, welcome and honor to have you. Ah, oh, Jack, thank you so much, and greetings to you and to all your listeners. Can we start by you leading us in an opening prayer this evening? Let's do. Almighty God, and we give you praise and thanks this day, this evening, as we listen to your words speak to us. Bless us, renew us, strengthen us, and guide us. We always remember those who go without. We ask you to bless all those who are listening, for they too have special needs and special prayers. We lift up all of this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Can we start by talking about your childhood and your mom and your dad, please? Oh, had wonderful parents. Thanks be to God. My father was, uh, you know, uh, an amazing man. My mother, an amazing housewife, as well as uh, then a teacher. Uh, Just blessed with with both of them. Um, And they, I'm come from a family of five. I'm the youngest of five children, and uh, what a blessing. Both are deceased, but both continue to intercede for me and my brothers and sisters. And uh, my father had very much a business sense. My mother had very much uh, uh, an amazing personality. And thanks be to God, I've, I've been able to incorporate both. Father, where did you get your love for music? <laughs> that, that actually came from my—that's one of the gifts that my mother had. So she loved to sing. She had a great voice. In fact, she was given a scholarship to study in voice. But at that time, her father was just uh, very hesitant of having her leave and, and travel uh, and, and, and perform and, and go to college uh, for that particular uh, gift and and so she opted not to do that. So uh, I inherited that gift. You majored in vocal performance and opera at the New England Conservatory of Music in Boston. That's pretty yes. tall cotton. How? Do you, <laughs> I love that. Yes. How do you explain the magic 
the universality of music? Oh, my. Well, uh, I, I think from some, for some, before they're even born, uh, music is placed very close to the womb and, and, and music is played. But, but music is an, inherited, is an inherited gift. Some of us have it to share vocally, and some of us have it to share through instruments. Some of us have it to share through uh, composition. Some of us have it to share through conducting, and some of us have it to share just by just by putting on a radio and listening. Uh, you know, but but I, I I think it is something that really does connect all people, and it moves the soul because it touches. It, it it like prayer goes through on the layers and touches the soul. Uh, talk to us, if you will, about the part that music plays in worshiping our heavenly Father. Well, I I, I think the thing is is that again, music is able to reach the innermost being of oneself, and. All of us are vulnerable. All of us are open. And and some of us say, oh, no, 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 you know, I, I, I hide my true self. And, but music is able to reach the innermost being of the soul as, as God is. And God and, and the Holy Spirit, who is God, can be able to find ways in which to allow his grace to sneak in <laughs> and 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 music at times opens one's soul so that God's grace and God's mercy can can really move and touch an individual in ways that that individual never thought was possible. We're talking to Father Jim Shisko. He majored in vocal performance and opera. Father, what is it about opera that seems to put it at a higher level? over all other types of music? Well, uh, I, I, I don't want to offend any other types of, of genre of music. I, I will say this, that, you know, when you're trained vocally uh, into music, into opera, um, it would be very difficult for someone who was trained in the theater style of music, let's say musical theater, to switch over to opera, okay? Uh, it's just very difficult. Some probably because of the the technique, the the size of the instrument, etc. But what is very interesting is someone who sings opera is able to switch over to musical theater and other type of uh, genres, and and part of that is because of the way the the instrument is that's when i say instrument i mean voice part of it is because of the style of training and uh technique and, and and the list can go on you know one of the key things regardless of what type of talent you have the key thing is not the name of the college or the name of the institution but what the key of of training a voice or an instrument is that you have the best of the best teacher. And, and that's, 
that's the key. The teacher can make you or break you. And that's why I always share with people, make sure you really do your research. We're talking to Father Jim Shisco and speaking about the best teacher. He decided after college that he was going to become a priest and his teacher would be our Heavenly Father. When we come back, we're going to ask him why that was. And I'm Jack Rasool, and this is Anything is Possible on 760-WJR. Welcome back to Anything is Possible. I'm Jack Rasula, and we're with Father Jim Shisko. In 1998, he was ordained a priest. Father, how was it you decided to become a salesman for God? <laughs> I always wanted to be a priest, ever since I was as young as can be. I remember in second and third grade, coming home from Catholic school and uh, playing Mass every day. I only had one parishioner. It was my dog, Sheba, you know, and I used to use, I, I remember this. I was so excited when Pringles came out because the chip broke like the priest when he would hold up the host, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, that's how excited I was when Pringles came out because uh, it, it reminded me of of the host that the, the priest broke. And in third grade, I uh, was taught by Sister Josephina, and we were in a round circle. There were about 20 of us kids at St. Mary Catholic School in Orange, Texas. And she asked each of us what we wanted to be when we grew up. And when she pointed to me, she said, I wanted to, I said, I wanted to be Pope. I'll never forget that. And everyone laughed, you know, and I, I look at them now and I say, well, I'm still in the running, you know, and, uh, that there was just it, it it's just a calling it's a grace it's not just a calling it is a calling it's a grace and that never goes away something you learn very quickly is that god is a very patient god but at the same time god always gets what god wants he just allows us to to figure it out by kind of shutting doors and opening windows and, you know, giving us little signals and signs if we pay attention to that. Yes. A little more than a month ago, you celebrated your 25th anniversary of being ordained. If you say Mass every day, that means you've said Mass over 9,100 times. Yes. So 9,100 times you've said, this is my body, this is my blood. Right. When you say that, what do you think? Oh, well, hope, well I, I will say that hopefully I am so focused in on that that the only thing to think is to give God the glory, is to think once again, He gave us His only Son. Why? Because He loves us so much. He loves us. And I think, Jack, as I travel the world today, I find that we live in a very angry world. But I will say that his love will overcome any type of anger, frustration, 
hate and that love always, always wins. For almost 20 years, you had various ministries in and around Lexington, Kentucky. Talk about that chapter of your life. Sure. So just as as a normal newly ordained priest, as a newly ordained diocesan priest, uh, really, I, I had an associate a pastoral, or as we would call it, parochial vicar. I then did ministry among college students, and then was called to be a pastor of a very large parish. I did that for 12 years. And then, out of the blue, got the call to move forward and, and be a papal missionary of mercy. And... Um, What's very interesting is just as the music career prepared me for priesthood, so did those assignments prepare me for what I'm doing now, which once again shows you that God knows what God is doing. We might not understand it. We might not understand the heartache, the pain, but God is there preparing, molding, shaping for us to do His will in a better way. All right, let's focus. 2016, Pope Francis commissions you as one of his papal missionaries of mercy, of which there are a thousand in the world, a hundred in the United States. Father Jim, why you? (laughs) I think people are still asking that question today. Why? Well, I'll just answer this. Is uh, there? I guess there could be several options, Jack. He couldn't find anyone else. Uh, it could be the fact that uh, I'm I'm very spontaneous, listening to the Spirit. Uh, it could be the fact that uh, I believe ministry uh, doesn't have to be boring. I believe that God's Spirit is is very much alive. And I also believe that we're called to take very seriously the mandate from Christ and reinforced by Pope Francis and all the other Holy Fathers, and that is that we're called to go to the peripheries. We're called to smell like our sheep, and we are called to be Christ to those who uh, at times don't feel Christ's presence. I mean, that's that's the key. You have 57 selfies with Pope Francis. <laughs> yes. Well, now we have 58 because I just got one last week. So. Okay. Um, I want to I give you some quotes from Pope Francis yes. and get your thoughts. Yes. Um, they asked him early on in his pontificate, who are you? Tell us about Jorge Bergoglio. And he said, who am I? I'm a sinner. This is the most accurate definition. It's not a figure of speech, a literary genre. I'm a sinner whom the Lord has looked upon. Please. Yeah. Ditto. Here, here I, I, I think that's what I, I just said, you know, uh, in, a, in a different way, a non-direct way, that the Lord takes each of us, and if we are able, we are molded, and then we are brought forward to do what we are called to do, even in our own sinfulness. You know, as a priest, I go to confession at least twice a month, if not more, every other month, every other week, sorry. 
And uh, uh, that is the best acknowledgement. You know, being a sinner, you recognize your weaknesses, you recognize your gifts, and you keep them in check, you know? Uh, and, and I think that that is something very, very important, but that's that's also part of his spirituality as an Ignatius, uh, you know, as a Jesuit, Ignatian spirituality, recognizing the inner workings of God within your heart. There's a story about him that when he was first elevated to the papacy, you know, you've got 150 cardinals, 300 bishops, leaders from all of the world, and he asked that the first audience would be a one-on-one lunch with the president of Argentina, Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, who had regularly fought and verbally attacked him for the seven previous years he'd been Cardinal of Buenos Aires. They spent two and a half hours together, and in the previous six years, he had asked to meet with her with her 14 times. She refused every time. Why yeah. did he do that? Ah, it's called conversion. <laughs> It's it, it's called it's called always opening the door. It's called always finding an opportunity. You know, um, it, there. Let's remember something. All throughout Scripture, there's an amazing characteristic of Jesus that I think gets overlooked a lot, and the characteristic is this: to Jesus. Small things matter, okay? The woman touching him with the huge crowd that was around him, and Jesus stopped and said, what? Who touched me? And people around him said, what do you mean, who touched you? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. He said, no, who touched me? There's thousands of people around you. Keep going. He said, no, who touched me? That small encounter, that 30-second encounter with that woman, changed her life. And what from that? Not only was she healed of her infirmity, she became an amazing evangelist for God, and hearts were changed. Same thing, you're going through Scripture. Jesus looks up, there's a man in the tree, Zacchaeus. He wasn't in the tree because he was short. Jesus didn't have a thing for short people. The reason he's in the tree, the reason we're talking about it over 2,000 years, is because Zacchaeus was a thief, he was a dishonest tax collector, he was an embezzler, and when he showed up to see Jesus, no one wanted him around in that town, and they pushed him and bullied him, whereas he had to get up in a tree. Jesus knew that. And what did Jesus do? He called him down, and then even to stir the pot more, Jesus said, let's go to your house and just sit down and have conversation. And from that moment, conversion took place. And after that dinner, he came back, Zacchaeus, a different man. He for, he asked for forgiveness. He repaid people. You know, I, I think the thing is, you know, that's what we're called to do. We're called to dine with those who are most different from us. We're called to mend the ways with our enemies. We don't want to do it, because why? It takes a lot of work. It's uncomfortable. That's ministry. I spoke about that last night. Ministry is difficult. It calls us to get out of our comfort zone. Living the gospel tells us 
that we're going to be un, in uncharted waters. It's going to get rough, but we don't fear. We have to trust. We're talking to Father Jim Shisco. If you want to learn more about him, www.frjims.com. And I'm Jack Russell, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. This is Anything is Possible. I'm your host, Jack Rasula, with Father Jim Shisco. And the Pope in 2016 gave him a simple mandate. Go forth and do good deeds. And I was blessed six years ago that the Pope wrote me his philosophy of life. And I've asked Mark Blackwell, our producer, if he'd share it with us. He said, Dear Jack, my strategic plan for life is simple and straightforward. My purpose is to serve our Lord Jesus Christ with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength in whatever role he calls me. Without his constant grace and oversight, I'm nothing but a wayward sinner. At whatever level he calls me to serve him, my aim is to reach out in community with love to those in our society who are weakest and most in need. As a knowing sinner, I am reassured continuously that his unfathomable love and mercy are greatest gifts of life and my constant source of strength, reassurance, and guidance. Sincerely in Christ, Francis. Father, what does that say to you? It says what he's said throughout his pontificate. It says what Christ has said to each and every one of us. It says what our catechism says, and it says exactly what the first and most important commandment is. Number one, we love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and, which we forget, we love our neighbor as ourselves. In other words, we don't just love God, we put that love of God in action to all people, putting no boundaries upon that. And while doing that, to realize that without God, we are nothing. We come into this world as sinners, and hopefully we leave this world through God's grace, still broken, but made whole by eternal life. Uh, The Pope has gotten a lot of special gifts from dictators, presidents, everybody But you once gave him a little box, and inside the box were custom Nike shoes for the Pope. What was that day like? (laughs) That was a great day. That was a great day. So I'm known uh, anytime I show up to, to give gifts to the Holy Father, personally give them to him. It is something that was inherited by my family. Who shows up to someone's house for dinner for the first time and doesn't bring a gift? I hope no one. I, I mean, besides your gift of presence, you, you try to find something to give as a sign of hospitality and connecting the two individuals. And so I've always brought them. Usually I bring in Kentucky bourbon, various different types of bourbon. This time, however, I decided to throw a little twist into... And I had an individual who was known throughout 
athletic circles throughout the world through, you know, uh, major, major sponsors and stuff. And I just point blank asked him, would you make custom tennis shoes for the Holy Father? And he said to me, he said, this is one of the most important things I've ever been asked to do and probably one of the most humbling aspects of my work. And he said, I want it just right. And boy, did he get it right. And the Holy Father loved them. And uh, they, they're, just, they're just beautiful shoes. Beautiful. Uh, if you want to learn more, www.frgms.com. All right. The Pope says in 2016, Father Jim Shisco, go forth and do good deeds. So what does that mean? Well, it, it means what Jesus said to his disciples, go out and make, you know, disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that's how I do it, hopefully at a modern age in a different twist. So I take no salary, no living expense, no insurance, no food. I rely solely on the goodness of people and where I go and speak. And uh, whoever invites me, I, if I have an open weekend and week, I go there. So my schedule is literally all across the world, but it's by invitation and word of mouth only. In other words, what I'm saying is I don't publicize myself to parishes or send flyers or ask, you know, will you have a parish mission? I solely go on word of mouth referral. And uh, I try to do exactly what that letter says uh, that you got from the Holy Father. Um, go to all distant lands and go to all people and bring the mercy of Christ. And, and sometimes that means bearing children. Sometimes that means helping families with utility bills. Sometimes it means just sitting and listening and answering an email. Sometimes it means preaching the message, not so much by words, but by actions. Sometimes it means using social media in a positive way instead of what it turns out oftentimes in a negative way, uh, offering words of support. You know, there, there are so many ways that as a missionary of mercy I'm called to serve. Uh, in one aspect, it, the list is exhausting. About 11 months ago, Central Florida had that awful flooding. And you found a lady, Gwendolyn Kristen, who yes. had a uh, IGA store. Right. You, you gave her $20,000 to repair the store and $10,000 worth of Amazon gift cards to the store's employees. How do you decide who to help? Yeah, uh, well, you listen to the Holy Spirit, as I tell people very clearly. If you do not know the sound of God's voice in your life, you are in trouble. God speaks to every one of us with a different voice. And why is that? Because we're all different human beings. If you do not trust the voice of God, you are in trouble. You have to know the voice of God. And I know the voice of God in my life. I know when God calls me by name, and guess what? I'll also say I know when I call myself and when it's not God. 
Okay, you have to know the, the voice of God in your life, and then you follow it. And regardless of whether it's comfortable, whether it's easy, whether it takes tons of work, you do it because you know and you trust that God's will will be done, even if it seems impossible. How do the recipients of your generosity react? Well, one of the... Well, well, they, you know, most of them say this is answered prayer. Most of them affirm saying, you know, uh, once in a while they'll say, you know, why me? What, what, how, how did this? But uh, nine times out of ten, they're just simply blown out of the water, which, which to me says uh, this, is, this was right. You know, this was right. We're talking to Father Jim Shiskel, and I'm Jack Rasool, and this is Anything Is Possible on 760-WJR. Jack Rasoola, host of WJR's Anything Is Possible, the weekly radio visit, brings his 15 years of inspirational storytelling to hardcover. With God, anything is possible. of Jack's more than 750 tales of defeating odds and achieving the extraordinary. Like Bob Woodruff, whose job covering the war in Iraq nearly cost him his life. And Nick Vujicic, the limbless evangelist who has stunned millions with his message of acceptance and grace. With God, anything is possible. Order now while signed copies are still available at trustinusllc.square.site. That's trustinusllc.square.site. And as Jack says, Make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spohol. Anything is possible. I'm Jack Rasula. This is Anything is Possible. We're talking to Father Jim Shisko, the author of Encountering God as a Traveling Papal Missionary of Mercy. Father, what have the people that you've helped taught you, Father Jim Shisko? Yeah, they taught me the importance of giving and receiving. They taught me the importance of recognize that difficulties happen to all of us, and it's how do we handle them. They've, they've taught me the whole aspect of that the voice of God within my heart is the voice of God. You know, they re- have reaffirmed that. They've taught me that, you know, uh, we all are in need, every one of us, and that God will always provide, you know, but we have to trust. Doesn't mean that we're not going to endure the crucifixion. All of us are going to be crucified. That's part of the plan. But the crucifixion for us as Christians is not the end. There is always resurrection. That's what they taught me. You and I met a couple months ago on a Sunday morning at a coffee shop. You were like a rock star when you walked in the church. But you made a statement to me. You said, Jack, in 2022, I was blessed with cancer. Yeah. What did they put in that coffee that morning, Father? Well, I, I think the thing is, you know, uh, I also, when I see people with with, aut- with children with autism, I always acknowledge how they've been blessed with 
with autism. I mean, it's a it's a whole different way of of looking at that as either a negative or a positive. From from difficult things come amazing grace, you know. And and I think the thing is is that you know when when life serves you lemons, you have the choice to make lemonade. You have the choice to recreate and make a fancy drink. Take what you got and do the best you can with it. And you have to keep walking, keep focused on Jesus, and know that good things will come from it. Doesn't mean you're not going to endure pain, isolation, hurt. What it does mean is that God is walking right beside you. And sometimes God is carrying you. You fly all over the world to help people. All right, you're on a plane, you Uh know, and the passenger next to you says, Father, what do you do? Tell me about you. What do you say? Well, first of all, they don't know that I'm a priest because I don't travel in my clerics because when I travel in my clerics, people treat you different, and it drives me insane. So I never wear my clerics, and so they don't know that I'm a priest. And when they turn to me and they ask me, uh, excuse me, what kind of work do you do? Uh, you know, uh, I, I look at them and I kind of smile and they, you know, uh, I, I'm kind of like in international development. You know, we have we have con- we have offices in every country of the world, you know, and they're like, wow, wow. Tell me more. And, and then I slowly reveal, you know, what what my work is. How do you bring up Jesus? I don't. I live it. There's a difference. Why? You know, you you can bring up the name of Jesus all you want, but if you don't live it, then it's not it's not telling. That's what that's what's so beautiful about the ministry I do. People see Jesus through the ministry. I don't have to say a word. I have to live it. And when I live it, people see it. And people then acknowledge it, you know, and, and that's a key point. That's a key point. You know, people love to uh, and understand what I'm saying. People love to cram down and quote scripture of which they know nothing about. They love to uh, say this and say that, but stop saying it and live it and watch how people respond. If there's a listener that says, Father, I, I commend you for the love you show each day, for your, yeah. your BFF is Jesus. But, Father, yeah. me, I can't. I'm too busy. I don't have money. Uh, I have too many hurts, Father. No, I don't, I don't think the word is I can't. I think the word that the individual has mistaken and saying is I won't. <laughs> you can, but you decide you won't. Okay? So when you switch your thinking to I will and I can— and then amazing things happen. But once again, we have to remember that this is not just an instantaneous type of, of thing. It can be for some, but it takes work. It takes time. It takes a relationship. It takes understanding of how God works. It takes surrendering. And it takes trying. And if you listen very carefully, those words, those five words, those five letters spelled out T-R-U-S-T, trusting. We're talking to Father Jim Shisko, 
S-I-C-H-K-O, the author of Encountering God as a Traveling Papal Missionary of Mercy. Father, what's the basic message of the book? Basic message of the book, God is alive everywhere, every time zone, every place in the world, and it's stories of living proof of God's mercy to God's people. I quote you again. If you're going to be a Christian, you are going to endure the cross. Who hasn't endured the cross? Seriously, if you look at it, every one of us throughout the world have endured the cross. Some crucifixions have been very much bloodier than others. But all of us have endured the cross. And if we haven't, guess what? You better get ready. But you see, for some, that would frighten But for those who truly believe in God's message, they know, yes, it's going to be painful. Yes, it's going to be very embarrassing and humiliating. But yes, there's also resurrection that makes us whole and that makes us one with Christ. Father Jim Shisko, the Pope made a great decision when he made you (laughs) one of his papal missionaries of mercy. Keep up the great, great work. Thank you so much. Please join us next Saturday. Until then, I'm Jack Rasool. Thanks for listening, and make it a great week, because with God, anything is possible. Spohol. Believe in yourself.